Alright. Well, without further ado, let's let the prophet Malachi come speak for himself. Yeah. Alright. Alright, here he goes. Wanna make sure you come through clear on that recording? Alright, I'll know. I know. Hey, I don't know about y'all though, but. Malachi, that's a that's a fine book right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Anybody who's read it? Anybody read Malachi? Anybody? Yeah. I feel like I just not the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the whole thing, but no. guess what? Five dollars to anybody who reads Malachi before camp, and it's gonna be like a paragraph summary. Boom! Look at that. Hey. Look at that. Huh? You know, yeah. right. <laughs> well, today we're gonna be out of business with y'all. You know, we're gonna see how this goes. I'm new to this. So, I don't know why I'm nervous, even though I know every last one of y'all very well, so we're going to see how this goes. If I say something off the wall, disregard it. Alright, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so here we go, and Genesis 22. 22. I know. So here we go. It's, kind of, it's quite a bit, so bear with me for a sec. Now it came to pass, after these things that God tested Abraham, and said to him, Abraham, oh there we go, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son. Your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes. This is Gotcha. I appreciate it. <laughs> then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and lad, I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. Still not done yet, almost the one. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, and they came to the place which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound his, his son Isaac and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from the heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram calling the biggest by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Yeah, that was a mouthful. But a little bit longer to get this is about three things in this story is how Abraham listened to God, he trusted God, and then he went and moved when God told him to. So we see that Abraham trusted God 100%, no doubt. He was like, I'm going to do this, even though the Lord is telling me to offer my, my one of my sons the sacrifice. I haven't had a child, but I can tell you, I don't know if I'm going to sacrifice my son, but that's how much God tr uh, trusted Abraham, how much Abraham trusted God. And so if you think about it, Abraham, his hand was on his way down, like literally on his way down, but the angel, in some translations, says, call his hand. Right. And so we see how Abraham really surrendered to God's plan, 
He put away all his fears and all his doubts and said, Lord, I'm going to trust you 100%. And so, you know, there. But I had a picture, it was kind of funny. This is guy jumping, money jumping. His face was pretty, uh, Charlotte. all right, here let me show Y'all, I'm struggling here, y'all. Give me a second, here we go. I don't know if y'all can see this. But... <laughs> Come on, Scripture. Come on, Scripture. Raise it up like like So yeah, I just like that picture because you know it really represents letting go of your fears like Abraham and really trusting God. Because in a sense, say you're shoot, I'm in college, so I'll tell you this. As many times you're doing presentations, you're doing projects with your group, and you gotta really trust that your uh, classmates gonna do your part. Uh-huh. It can be eleven o'clock at night and the deadline's fifty-nine minutes away, <laughs> but you gotta trust they're gonna do their part. And many right. times, right. you know, they don't come through. <laughs> So, you know, you learn that eventually. All right, let me get back. Let me get all this back. Uh, boom. All right. And so, I'm going to read it again a little bit. So, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land. Often there's a birth sacrifice. Only some moms I shall tell you. Rise early in the morning. Go there, took his two songs, split the wood for offering, and went to the place God had told him. And so many times, we're asking, like I've done it at least, we're asking God, where are you, God? Where are you in my life? Why haven't I heard from you? Why are you not speaking to me? Why are you not directing me? Because many times I'm definitely asking direction, Lord. I'm like, what should I do? What job should I take? What school should I go to back in high school? And many times I'm still questioning things like, Lord, where are you? And it's just because we're not listening. And so you see, Abraham said, Here I am. Like, let's emphasize that. He said, Here I am. When God called out, God called out, he responded and said, Here I am. And so too many times we hear God call, call our name. He's telling us to do something, but we ignore him. And I found that it's I, he's telling me what to do. He's telling me the path. He's telling me, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be going to the party. You shouldn't be going this way. But I, I hear him, but I ignore him. And so we need to be more like Abraham and say, here I am. Good. And so I'll tell you an example. When I was in sophomore year, and I was applying for the College of Engineering. And I was praying. I was like, Lord, I'm applying early. I really want to get in. This will save me a lot of money. This will, you know, speed along my process of graduating. And I was like, Lord, I just pray that this all goes well. Like, you know, it all, everything falls in place. It took some things to fall in place for me to be able to apply early. And I remember just sitting there, I prayed, and for the first time in my life that I can remember at least, I actually sat there and listened for a response. And, you know, I'm not going to say that part. So I sat there, and I listened for a response. So I sat there, like, I literally sat there, and I sat there for a good five, ten minutes, just in just complete 
dark and just by myself with no thought. <laughs> with no thought on my mind. As good as it sounds, as good as it sounds. <laughs> and so I just sat there and I was like, Lord, just continue to direct my path, continue to make sure these things fall in place so I can get this. <laughs> so I was there, I sat there and I listened. I didn't say anything for about a good five, ten minutes, and I just sat there and listened. And I, the Lord told me, He was like, I want you to contact your advisor and uh, ask her about a class that you transferred in. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. Like, I sent them over to transfer, but oh well, I'll obey. And so I sent him, I, I contacted my advisor. I was like, hey, I know I'm applying early, but can you check and make sure everything is in place? I got everything on my paperwork, all that good stuff. And so I got an email back too. She's like, Oh no, like you know, literally, oh no, with capital or capital letters and exclamation point. She was like, your transcript never came in. And so I was like, ooh. And so luckily, <laughs> I was able to get that transcript in time. So I was able to ask the cause to transfer it over. And come to find out, the deadline for that would have been the day I sent you the email. And so if I didn't listen, or I didn't ask God, or I didn't sit there and actually listen for his answer. It would have, I would have found out that I never would have got in. I would have to wait a whole another year to apply for the college of engineering, which is wasting my time and money. And so I was just there thanking the Lord, like, Lord, I thank you. He's like, that was the time of my life. So I was really like, I was like, Lord, I need you to speak to me. And he really, he really answers prayers. He, he, he spoke to me. So I need you guys to really, when you pray, take the time to listen to the Lord and ask him for direction. And trust me, he will give it to you. Come on, you know, you never know. So that was, I, I, I really like that, and I knew you guys would relate to that story a little bit. So I'm going to kind of switch it up on you a little bit right here in John chapter 10, verse 27. And he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And emphasis on my sheep hear my voice. When he says my sheep, he's talking to all of us, all of us that claim. God as our Father, Jesus as our Savior. We say, you know, quote unquote, we're Christians. Like He claims, He's claiming us, and in this claim, He all He wants to is that relationship with us. You know, a lot of times we ask God, "Hey, I'm praying to you, but I'm also not listening. But I'm not following as you are my Father." And so, God, when He says, "My sheep hear my voice," He's saying, "The ones who are my children, who listen to me as their parent." who listens to me as their guidance counselor, who listens to me as their friend, who listens to me as someone who's looking out for them. So we must realize that God wants that relationship with us. And the reason we're able to have that relationship with him is because, you know, Jesus, you know, I gotta bring it in here. Jesus died for our sins on the cross. So you gotta remember that. I don't want all that going away. It's just because Jesus died on the cross and uh, gave us the opportunity to have that relationship. I don't want to sit there and waste that. Because if we don't Use that intercessor, Jesus, Jesus as our intercessor to God. What is what would he die on the cross for? So you have to remember that Jesus died on the cross just so we can talk to God, just so we can have that access to him. So when he does listen, so when he does speak, we're able to listen to him. And in that part, and I know them. It is kind of correlated with the, my sheep, but and I know them, he wants that, as I put in lawyer terms, that non-compete clause. Wow. Anybody know what if you know what not be cause? It's pretty much when you leave a company and it's like in your contract, we're like you can't work for a competitor. 
And so God wants to have us exclusively. He doesn't want anything else speaking into our life, saying all these things, and then we're over here listening to somebody else or doing something else for that answer that God really should be providing for us. And then they follow me. And I really like that part. But she's like, and they follow me. There's a lot of times, going back to that listening part, we don't listen. Just kind of think of it like, I've already put this way that God is kind of like our, our warden. He's like, in a way, it might be a wrong term to use, but we're kind of like his slaves in a sense. Because when you think of slaves, you think of somebody in shackles, right? And so when we're in shackles, when we're in God's shackles, he's our warden. He's carrying us along. We are bound to him. We can't go anywhere. So as many times as, you know, I'm over here pulling away, Lord, I don't want to follow you. I don't want to do this. I want to do what the world says. I want to do what the world says. No matter how hard we pull away, we won't be able to break away. Right. That's the thing. We can keep pulling, but since we're bound to God, bound to Jesus, we won't be able to break away. And he will be there. He's going to keep pulling us back in line and say, no, you're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. We're going to keep you in line. We're going to keep on moving and going to the promised land. That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> and so he says, and they follow me. It's kind of like, it's kind of like we're getting distracted when we start to listen to all those other voices in our life instead of God. And it's kind of like, in a way, another analogy for you guys. You're planting seeds. Anybody ever did a garden? You know, you plant a whole bunch of seeds. And sometimes, I did that as a child. We, my mom would help me plant seeds, but I'll forget where I plant them. And so it's, when you plant your seed in God and you start planting all these other things in sports, in school, in people, in relationships to define what you are, sometimes, you know, in order for a plant to grow, you got to water it. And so when you've got all these seeds everywhere else, sometimes you forget which seeds to water. And so you're over here watering seeds on this relationship with this boy or girl, but you forget, you can't, you forget to water the seed that you planted in God. Right, right, right. That's good. Right. Or... You can be planting a seed over here in sports and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with practice. I'm tired. I don't have time to read my Bible. And so you're over here watering your seed in sports, spending four hours doing that. But when you get home, you say you're too tired. and Now you can't read your Bible. And now you're missing out on that connection that you can build with God. So you have to make sure you water the right seeds so when you do water the seeds, they grow. And then, you know, the seed grows and puts its roots in the ground, which makes that firm foundation for you to have with God. So remember that. <laughs> so remember that. Remember to water the right seeds, watering the seed in God, spending time with Him in prayer, spending time reading your Bible. And that's how you water that seed, and that's how that grows. Amen. All right. All right. All right. Brian, are you able to get that seed? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, so I'm going to switch it up on you a little bit. And <laughs> we're just going to watch the scene for a little bit, and it's about four minutes, so just bear with, bear with me, and I'll explain it to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, trust me, it's good. And I'll explain it to you. Look around for a lever. Found it. 
is when he said, I'm not going to step out onto nothing. And there are times in life where we're like, Lord, let's say we need that listening part out. We pray, we're able to hear God, he's talking to us. But then comes that trust part. And so you see how he said, I'm not going to step out onto nothing. And so many times we're here walking through life and we see all these things, all this, you know, fire and brimstone and all this death and all these things going on. And we see no path in front of us to go on. And so many times we're like, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to go out there. I don't want to step out with nothing. I don't want to step out there with no shield, no protective covering. And so that's when we have to build that trust with God. And so we got to continue to follow his word. Just think about it. We have God on our side. There ain't nothing we can do. It's the scripture. I might be paraphrasing it, but he said, a thousand may fall on my left and 10,000 on my side, but it'll never come nigh me. And so I really, like, you know, I remember hearing that scripture quoted quite a few times during COVID. So you may be walking that path. Right. People over here dying on your left side. You got people over here dying on your right side. Right. Falling that shoe, falling down in front of you. <laughs> but like you said, no weapons born to this me. Oh, you got to continue to have that trust and continue to walk in that faith that God has you. He says, "Leave you dash your girl, the stone, but God has got you in no in any situation, no matter where you are. There's no place on this earth you can hide from. You see, the creator of this earth. Amen. And so, just as you know, whatever that kid's name is, he lost his faith and he fell. And so, I get that. We're all human. We're all Christians. We're all going to be in this walk of life and stumble sometimes. We're going to do something we're not supposed to, say something we're not supposed to, go somewhere we're not supposed to." But you see, when he fell, his brother was there to catch him. And he pulled him back up and he said, you see what the worst is that can happen? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I got you. And I think that's a good way in how God is trying to speak to us. We're over here walking in life. We may stumble, we may fall. But when we do fall, God, God, God has got us. He's there to lift us up and say, you see what the worst can happen? You're just fine. I got you. So continue to move and continue to be in that faith and have that trust in me that I'll always be there for you. Just like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Peter on the water, he got his eyes on Jesus out there walking, but gets scared because all the raging winds going on around him and he falls. But God is right there, hand in the water, picking up and saying, I got you. And so we must remember that as we walk out through our life, that God is going to be there no matter what. There's nothing we can do to pull ourselves away from the love that God has for us. And so once you get that in your brain, in your heart, it's really in your heart, because that's what you really believe. Once you get that in your heart, trust me, you're going to be able to walk through life just like how he was over there dancing on the chasm. Like, oh, I can do this all day long. <laughs> and so that's how we need to be walking. That's how we need to be walking through life while we're in school or at work. No matter what your bosses, no matter what your professors may say about you, is that God has got us. He is the one I put my faith and trust in. So I can be out here all day dancing, no matter what you say, no matter what is going on around me. I know he'll either pick me up if I stumble or shoot when I say when I stumble. So you must remember that. And just, you know, at the end, we're all on that walk of life, getting there to the end, when the rope came off. And man, I think that rope, to me personally, when I watched this movie, represented the sin in our life. So we may have listened to God, we're on the path, we're trusting him, but we still have our, you know, what's the way, our comfort blanket. Right. Mm -hmm. We still got those things that we're hanging on to as we're walking, saying, 
I trust you, Lord, but I'm still gonna bring this with me. Like, you know, I, I know you're telling me to leave this job that I'm gonna pay big money at and go to the smaller job, but I'm still gonna work on the side just so I can have money to, to prepare my, or keep myself afloat. And it can be sins in our lives that's hanging on, like this relationship, or you're watching porn saying, this is my comfort zone. I know you trust me in this relationship, but, I don't, but I'm still gonna keep doing this because this is my escape, my escape zone. And so when that rope fell, we saw how his faith kept him going. His trust in God kept him going. And so we must realize that we may have our, we may listen to him and we may be trusting him on this path. But what are those things, what are those sins in our life that we're still holding on to as we're walking? What are those things that are somewhat holding us back? And when he saw that the rope was gone, he fell. And when we really put our faith and trust in God and we realize that our comfort blanket is gone. I'm like, wait a minute, I've been doing this this whole time without this. And then we get scared, like, oh, I don't know if I have this. I don't know if I can still do this. And we sit there in that little ball, like, oh, Lord, I don't know what I can do. <laughs> so we must remember that God, he wants that relationship with us, but we're the one and only, as I said. He wants to be like, I don't want you to have this safety blanket with you. I don't want you to have this safety net with you. I want you to truly rely on me. And when we really truly rely on him, that's how we build that relationship and trust in him. And that's how he knows he can trust us. And that's how we know we continue to walk through this life in faith and in confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to remember that. Look in your own life. Look at what are those things that I'm still holding on that are not honoring to God? What are those things in my life that are holding me back from elevating to the place that God really wants me to go? So once you figure that out, drop Drop it like a box. Drop Come on. <laughs> come on. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing you need to do with that. So just come on. <laughs> All right. That's, that's just it on that clip. And so now I'm going to get back to scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. And so he says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, either oops, neither sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And off a random tangent, this is one of the most scriptures I quote most when I'm on campus. Because a lot of people always have this excuse of things of why they can do, and I'm like, well, the Lord says it right here, this is why you can't do that. Right. And so these are some of the things, if you didn't know, that can hold you back from God. Yeah. Being sexually immoral, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, in other words, probably cussing, you know, cussing with your fans that you come to church and then you're talking just fine. <laughs> and so these are the things that you need to drop and really put your trust in Jesus. Because these things, as you said, will not inherit, inherit the kingdom of God. These are really the things that keep you from that eternal life. And I don't want something as small as this. It was holding you from eternal life. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody say, but that's our whole goal. That's, that's my whole goal to make it happen. When the earth comes to the end, there's only two places you can go, heaven right. and hell. Come on. So I want to go to heaven right now. And so when you look at these things, all these things come back to us. These are the only things that are stopping us from truly trusting God. These are the things that's holding us back. God's not putting these obstacles in our way. It's us. And so we must remember that Jesus is knocking on our heart. He's like, hey, I'm here, but you're letting all these other things guard your heart and crowd your heart. So we have to let him in when he knocks on our heart. When he tells us, hey, I'm calling to this place, trust me and go. Drop all those things that you think are your safety covers, your safety blankets, and really put your faith and trust in God.
those up. And so many times, a lot of things that can be holding us back from fully trusting that God is something I may be, you know, that affects my own life is that I think I know too much. <laughs> like, you know, too many times, like I know at the end of the day, God, you know, he knows all, he knows all things. There's nothing that he don't know. Like, you know, he knows the numbers of hairs in our head. But sometimes I think I know too much. And there's a story in the Bible about how Jesus was teaching on the Sea of Galilee. And he, uh, and it was some fishermen that he used the boat in order to preach to a uh, large multitude of people. And so at the end, he was like, uh, go out there, thank you for letting me use your boat, go out there and go catch some fish. And so the fishermen were like, what do you mean go out there and catch some fish? This is absolutely the worst time for us to go out there and catch some fish. <laughs> Like, you know, they're like, hey, I've been, I, this is how I imagined that they are like, hey, I've been doing this my whole life. It's when you don't go out there and catch some fish. Right. But the Lord's like, I told you, go out there and catch some fish and go do your thing. And so what we see in this story is that they thought they knew better than Jesus. They're like, they're like, hey, I know you're telling me to do this, but based off my experience, this is what I shouldn't do, but this is what I should do. And sure enough, when they went out there, they ended up catching multitudes of fish, fishes that were almost sinking their boat. And so what could have held them back from that blessing was their lack of faith and trusting God and thinking that they know better than God. Like that comes back to us thinking, I've been walking this life. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I think is best for me, even though you're telling me the opposite. Right? And so we must realize that we have to put, put our thoughts, our plans aside and fully put our faith and trust in Jesus. And forget our knowledge. I can know as much as I want to know about engineering. But the Lord's telling me to do something with this car, I'm going to do it. Because at the end of the day, it's going to prosper more than what I can think that my own mind or heart can come up with. So when he asks you to go out there and catch some fish, go out there and catch some fish. <laughs> and like literally, he's saying, he said, just have faith as small as a mustard seed. And I don't know about y'all. I'm sure y'all are that scripture, but a mustard seed is like very tiny. And he said, you can move mountains with that little faith. So imagine what you can do having faith as big as a chair, as big as this room. Imagine what we would do. We would move universes in a sense. So, exactly, multi-verses. You can defeat Cain now. That's what I'm talking about. That's the type of faith you can have, the power you can have when you put your faith truly in Jesus and nothing else, and put your own faith aside. Just is gonna, you know, kind of skip through it real quick. So Abraham rose early in the morning, stabbed his donkey, took two of his young men, and Isaac. They came to the place which God had told them, built an altar. Abraham stretched out his hand with the knife, ready to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now that I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from David. And what we see right here, where he says, he got up early in the morning. We see that Abraham had listened, God had called out to him, and he responded saying, here I am. He had listened, and he trusted God, and when he said, go to this, go to this place, and I'm going to tell you why you're on the way. So you don't even see the path and the finish line which you're going, but go, and I'm going to uh, tell you where to go. So we see that trust as well. So you got two things, listen and trust. And when he did all that, he actually got up and did it. Because a lot of times, we can listen to God, we trust him, 
but we're kind of waiting on our own thing, yeah. waiting on things to look look right, you know, waiting on the storm to pass. Like he's telling us to go to this place, but oh, the money's too expensive. I don't know who's gonna provide for me while I'm there. But you gotta get up and listen to him when he calls you. So we see the very next morning he rose up and took him. And it got even dire. When he's there on the mountain, the Lord's like, Alright, I told you I was gonna provide a sacrifice. The sacrifice of your son, now slay him. And so he's like, Lord, I'm listening to you. I'm trusting you because your reasons are way higher and thoughts are way higher than what mine are. So I'm gonna do it. And then he took that movement as he's going down. But you know, the angel caught his hand and the Lord ended up providing a rain in the bush. And so you see how he got up and moved. It may have looked dire, his own son was about to die. But he's like, I'm still gonna do it anyway. This is what you're calling me to do. And so you have to remember that no matter how things look, no matter where you are in life, when you're up there, you gotta actually move when you cause it to. Don't sit there like, oh, I don't know, Lord, this, this ain't looking right for me. Keep going. Keep keep that trust, keep that faith, and you continue to violate it. Yeah. And we have to remember that in this life, in a sense, we're in a controlled environment. I like how it's put that way. We are in a controlled environment. God is the creator of this earth and this universe. Everything on this earth, he already knew what was going to happen to us. He already knew that bad doctor report he was going to get. He already knew that bad grade he was going to get in that exam. He knew all these things that were going to happen to you. And so you have to remember, in that faith, in that trust, he knows what's going to happen to you. He knows the end. He knows where you're going to make this mistake, where you're going to be when this situation is happening to you. So that is me comfort, in which strengthens my trust and faith in him. He knows that, hey, Malachi's going to be this place, on this campus, at this time, and this thing's going to happen. No matter what it may be, I don't have to worry about that, whatever's going to happen in a few months from now. Because I know God's there for me. So I have, I'm able to have that faith, but then increases my trust in him. And that's how I'm able to get up and move when he calls me. Because I know, no matter how things look, we are in a controlled environment. We are on his earth. We are his children. So he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he's going to be there for us when we need him at our most dire situations. And there's even a man, uh, you know, at the pool of Poseidon Bethesda. I like this story because he's there and he's like, Lord, you know, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. I'll give you a little backstory. So there's a man, he was lame for so many amount of years, and he was laid by a pool. In this pool, every now and so every so and then, the angel would come and stir it up, and the person there would be healed. And so then you'll see that somebody will always beat him to the punch. So the angel would come stir the pool, but since he's lame, he had no one to pick him up and go into the pool. <clears throat> so I'll read it for you real quick. John 5, 6 9. And so when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another step down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. When we see what he made a mistake on, was waiting for the situation to be right. He's waiting on somebody else to come put him in the pool. He's waiting on that ability to be like, Oh, hey, you can put me in this pool when this angel comes, but somebody will beat him to the punch. But we must realize that in our life, we do the same. We're relying on our parents or our grandparents, their prayers for us. We're relying on 
somebody to do something for us in the situation, though we must know that even though they are your parents and they may have your best interest into you, with, with you, they will fail you at times. But you know who will never fail you is Jesus. Because yeah. he's there, he's the reason that this is the reason he died on the cross so you can have that relationship with us no matter what situation we're in. No matter whether we're laying man, laying at the pool, waiting for somebody to come help. He's like, I don't want you to wait on nobody else. Just call my name and I'll be there. He's omnipresent. He's here right now with us. He's here listening to you. He's here in your thoughts right now. He knows what your deepest prayers are. He knows what you need deep down in the heart, whether you say it or not. And so you have to realize that you're at the age of accountability. All you guys in here are. You're at the age to where this is where you need to build your own relationship with God. This is when you need to start building that trust with Him. So when you start praying, this is when you need to start listening, trusting Him, and then getting up and move. Because, you know, you old people used to say it all the time. I used to say, oh, no, I want to live my life. But these truly are the last days. So you really want to have that relationship for Him. So, you know, whenever He comes, whenever that, you hear the trumpets, you want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm excited for this. Not, not oh, man, I'm not ready. So this is when you need to start today, today. even. Today or at camp, whenever, whenever you're ready. No, today. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Today. Today. You can put your faith in Jesus. If you think, if you think you have put your faith in Jesus, but you still have that doubt in your mind sometimes, you're able to really put your faith into Him now. Say, Lord, I truly accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior, and I put my full faith and trust in you. And then you know. You could be saved in a sense, but that's a long process to go. You're right. <laughs> so it's continue. <laughs> yes. So continue to have that faith. Continue to, to build that trust and relationship with Him by letting Him in your heart, by taking it on your own volition to be like, hey, Lord, I want a relationship with you. I'm done relying on my parents. I'm done relying on my friends. I'm done relying on my pastors and my church. I want to have a true relationship with you. And that's when you do it to start listening and hearing Him and then trusting Him. And moving when he tells you to move. And so we see that Abraham did all these things. He listened to God. When he called out, he said, here I am. He trusted him, even when he saw him away. He kept going. Even when he got to the top of the mountain, ready to kill his son. He trusted him. And he moved. As he was going to slay him, the Lord caught his hand. And we see that in that movement, that's when the Lord was like, I truly see that you truly love me as your God. Because he saw that he trusted him no matter what the situation was, no matter how dire it looks. He saw him move, and he's like, this one's moving for me, so I'm going to move for him. And that's when he provided the ram and the bush for him. And so, in Matthew 5, 14 and 16, he says, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it in their abode, Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so Pastor Dan had mentioned it earlier today before I started, but as you're at this camp, I really want you guys to be the light of the world. You know, I want this stand that says, you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. Because you really are. So I really want you to remember that as you're at camp, I want you to dominate the games. Trust me, I want you to do it. I want you to show absolutely no mercy. I don't care if you're on opposite teams. Come on. Go for right. it. Right. But at the same time, I want you to be known as Pineview Church, the church that comes to uh, worship, ready to worship. I want people to see Pineview Church. <laughs> I want people to 
times in church during worship, and they're like, hey, I want to go by them. I want to be by them because I know the Lord's touching them and touching their ministry. So I want it to rub off on me. As we see Peter and John, Peter and Saul, I'm just going to go with Peter. That's all right. <laughs> so we see Peter and is an act as he was you know, performing miracles and doing all these great things as the Holy Spirit was on him. And it's said that people will come from towns far away just so they can at least get in the shadow of Peter as he walked by them. And I want people to be like that with Jaw. I want to be like, oh, Josh going up there for worship. He dancing and jumping. Let me go over there so I can get a blessing. The Lord may be able to speak to me. So I want you guys to be that light. Don't worry about nothing else going around you. This is a time where you're truly, there's no service. So there's no reason for you to be distracted. There's no reason for you to worry about your parents or whatever's going on at home. This is a time where you truly to let go and let God move in your life. So when you're there at worship, praying, doing whatever you do, listen for his voice. Listen for him as he speaks to you. And when he does speak to you, trust him. And then when you trust him, get up and move and go do what he tells you to do. So So when when you think the Lord's telling you, oh, I think he's telling me to go pray for this person, so and so and so. I don't care how you feel. Get up and go. (laughs) Get up and do it. (laughs) So... I, I just I just hope that you guys truly have a great time and a safe time. And this is an opportunity for you to really for this to be a catalyst in your life to where you everything that was going on in life, the day you left that camp, you're like, I know the Lord's with me, and all that doesn't matter anymore. All that matters was in front of me, and that God is by me. He's carrying me this whole entire time, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So remember that. And I pray that you guys have a great time. I'll be praying for you. And I don't know who I'm moving forward to on different teams, but good luck. seeing in youth group. It was when Stefan was a youth pastor. Mm. So I was helping out. And I, and I had been ministering to this kid. And the kid kept telling me that uh, he didn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And this is back when I was young and dumb. So I was trying to argue him into believing. I was trying to like show him all these beautiful words that would cause him to believe. But I was failing miserably and he was having a good time watching me fail. <laughs> he would like throw little sly comments out there like, yeah, well, we all came from animals. And I'd be like, Bruh! And he was winning, and he was having a good time doing that. But then we went to camp, mm. and we were sitting in camp, and I'll never forget, everybody was, the presence of God was so thick in that place. Everybody was worshiping, everybody was praying, everybody was having a move of God. And I just walked over to them. I, I didn't do anything spiritual. I didn't speak in tongues and smack them in the head. <laughs> Nothing like that. I just walked over to him and I said, do you feel that? And when I said it, he broke. Wow. He started bawling. And he was like, oh my God, I can feel it. And, I, and we prayed hard. And I don't know where that kid is today. I don't know, like, I, I don't have touch with him anymore. It was Gaddy and her brothers, remember? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, oh, good. Good. But I don't personally talk to him anymore. But I know that he's never forgotten. 
that good. one experience that's that good. he had at camp. That's right. good. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a moment like that? It's well, yeah. In a sense, I do have a moment like that. There's been many times where people have came up to me and I just like you know broke down in a sense, crying. Like I truly. He truly let go. It wasn't a point to where I was performing for anybody. Mm-hmm. I was just right. in, this, in my seat by myself, and you know, random people would come up and pray for you. So I guess that'll be my advice in a sense: is that really truly open up. It doesn't matter what your friends are doing next to you. It's the moment between you and God. And also, on a little bit off a tangent, is that like enjoy enjoy the people you're spending the time with. Because in a sense, you're gonna come back with each other closer as a friend, as a friend group, and as a family, and as a church. And so I think those times at camp, that's how I was able to build those relationships. And that's, that's how I was able to build the trust of wanting to come to uh, youth, and being excited to come to youth, and being vulnerable at youth. So I guess that would be my biggest piece of advice. That's good. Be open and vulnerable while you're there, and really make true friendships with the people that are at the other churches, and strengthen the relationships that you have here. So that would be my advice. Right. That's good. Amen. That's good. That's good. You need a favor. Anything. Anything. Is anybody happy that Luke's back with us today? Yeah, you can play anything you want. I don't even care. Just hit the keys for me. But I gotta have you back on the stage. Yeah. Let's give it up for him. Let's all stand. We're gonna pray. We're gonna get out of here. That was amazing, Malachi. Yeah, I'm not yeah. kidding. You know, I, I invite people here to preach. I've had Josh. I've had several people get up here and speak. You're next. But <laughs> 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 for real. <laughs> Just kidding, but for real. <laughs> but I get people up here and I'm like, it's all about giving you guys, getting you guys fed. But man, I've eaten every time. I've been fed every single time. That was amazing tonight. It really made us think. And there was a moment where I was sitting back there thinking. And there was a time in the Bible where things got a little tough. There was a time in the Bible where Jesus had people and he told them they were going to eat his flesh and they were going to drink his blood. And they didn't know what to think about that. And they were like, this is kind of crazy. And a lot of them walked away. But then Jesus stops and he looks at Peter and he says to him, are you going to go too? Are you guys going to leave me too? And Peter says, to whom would we go? And we're living in a day and age today where technology and wisdom are on an all-time high. But what else can this world offer you other than Jesus? What else is there? There's nothing else. And we talked about him walking out on that cliff and there's nothing there. And we're like, there's, there's nothing. And that's what we're at in our world. We've been around all this time. We've got all this technology. We've got all this wisdom. And they can't hand you anything to fix your problems. They can't hand you. There's nothing else. If there was a choice, if it was like, okay, there's God. And there's also, there's also this alien who's got superpowers who can do anything. Then we have a choice. But we don't have that choice. To whom else do we turn? Because there's nobody else. You have the words. You have the gift of eternal life. You have the power to fix our problems. You have the ability to lead our steps. You're the reason why we got the faith to do what we can do. 
But there's nothing else. There's nothing else. So let's just take one minute here. Let's just close our eyes. Let's lift our hands. Let's connect with the only thing that's going to help get you through this life. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the only God. And there's none beside him. There's none like him. And all he wants, with all the power and with all the strength in the universe, all he wants is to hear his name come across your lips. All he wants is to have a relationship with us. So let's just take one minute. Let's, let's enjoy his presence. Let's enjoy his magnificent presence in this house today. Because he loves you, he wants a relationship with you, and he wants to make your life so much better. We've got to believe that. We've got to put our faith in that. And we've got to let him lead and guide our lives. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Put your word deep inside of our hearts, God. Let us see, Lord, that you are the only answer for this world, God. And we might as well let go of everything else, God, and hold on to you with all we have, God. Because when this world gets dark and this world gets crazy and the storm blows in, God, we're still standing on solid ground, God. We're still holding on to the one who can get us through. I want you to bless these kids this week, Lord. Get them ready for camp, God. Fill them with an excitement with you, God. Give them expectation, Lord, to reach a new level with you this week, Lord. That we can go to the camp shining, God, with the brightness of your light that you place inside of us, Lord. We worship you, we praise you, and everybody say, in Jesus' name. Let's get ready for camp, guys. Let's get ready.